Dhruv Patodia is the founder of Sort My Scene, a company that was founded one and a half years ago, and in a short span of time, it has caught the attention of a lot of people. Welcome to So What's Next, Dhruv. I'm happy to have you on the show here. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah, looking forward. What's in store? So you know, the first two questions are like very basic, and I have to ask that for the consumers, basically. Okay. Uh, show me some clarity on what does Sort My Scene actually do. Uh, what does Sort My Scene actually do? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think people are a little confused as well. Yeah. Sort My Scene is a one-stop shop for nightlife, wherein we are getting uh, party goers easy access to venues. At the same time, we are giving venues. Uh, a faster access to party goers and it's smoother access to certain party goers who don't want to go through certain hassles to get to a particular event or get to a particular uh, nightclub so it's basically you are creating an easier nightlife for people millennials and gen z mainly yes so we're working in sync with both the event organizers and the clubs and party goers to come together to create the perfect platform which would benefit both in the long run right that's interesting man yeah. so firstly tell me why did you get started because i know that when you got started you had a lot of difficulty like in basically like people weren't taking you seriously right yeah so then t- tell me about that so why we got started with this okay fine i'm an engineering guy bro so i used to not get entries to clubs so this is a fast <laughs> way for me to get entries no one can stop me now no <laughs> but no that's not the scene uh i think uh why we got started is i think while i was studying at uh, london business school there was a quite similar platform out there which was super cool and as a student out there i u- i used to use it frequently and yeah. it was just so easy to get to certain events and venues and when i come out here in bombay i'm like dude it's so difficult to you know get to a simple event uh that's like not a one click it's like 10 calls to get somewhere hmm. and that just prompted us to you know ideate over it and uh obviously people took us as a threat in the industry take us yet as a threat as an industry for certain organizers but for us we are yet working in sync with organizers giving them certain capabilities which make them even more powerful as organizers and that is why i think a lot of our clients uh love us for that matter and when it comes to party goers we just made their life easy to get to Events. Yeah, dude. So, in fact, when I was researching for this, one of my friends, he told me how he heard about Sort My Scene. He told me he was in Goa, and he couldn't, he didn't know anything about Goa. So he was trying to find a place, and he just went to one party. The DJ told him about Sort My Scene. That bro, like, find this out here. Uh, you'll get everything. You'll go to every place and all. And that's how he actually found about that. and then he used that to like basically go everywhere and you know like party and stuff this happened yesterday he told me that oh, yeah. yesterday is it so that's super cool because i think more than anything we love dj's we love artists <laughs> so if you ever see our instagram uh po- instagram or f- handle or something uh, you'll see how much we've actually focused yeah. more on artists because i think they are the life of the party now yeah. when i come to the competition part so tell me like how did you actually go from nobody in one and a half years to being somebody in that list i think 99% of our event organizers have always stuck to us they've never left sort my scene exclusively that too like they do you think like us. that's the differentiating point between you and you know other competitors that you have uh i do think that this is the usp wherein uh we are very easy to work with easy to work with and uh i wouldn't say the others are not i yeah. haven't worked with them but it's just that i think 
we go an extra mile with uh, the event like personally i would be involved in an event if i genuinely think it's super cool right and i would ideate on things which is not required by a ticketing platform i think yeah, in the end you're like you're the party person right so that's why you want to be super involved <laughs> more than that i think we want to be involved with uh you know events which are going to be super cool uh to just witness right. and how can we go beyond ticketing is always my question and that is how we try to support the scene out there so how you go beyond ticketing like that's a very relevant you know question um when i look at like book my show ptm and all these guys they basically also tie up with artists right yep. and they get them so i think that in itself becomes like a very huge marketing gig for them so 100%. how so how like have you ever planned to like get them and basically go beyond the ticketing game so that's a that's a very interesting question i'll be very honest because one thing's very clear from our side is we do not invest in artists we do okay. not bring down artists because we don't have money bro so <laughs> <laughs> we haven't raised money yeah. so we can't do any of yeah. that no but jokes aside we don't do any of that we don't plan to do any of that because uh the cost and risk it's high risk high rewards out there True. so the cost and the risk involved is super high for startups like us to bring in and i would be happy to attend these concerts uh rather than taking the stress of these concerts okay <laughs> but why didn't you like choose to raise money and like in terms of even growth let's talk about growth now that when you choose to raise money compared to when you're like bootstrapped i know bootstrap is the way to go like it's sustainable everything all the plus all my respect for bootstrap companies you know compared to let's say when a company is raising funds and they can grow much faster with like let's say you raise 5 crores and get someone out then then your name goes up and everything like happens again and again so why did you choose to remain bootstrapped even after like knowing all of this uh yep that is that keeps me in a spot but honest question if i probably raise funds i wouldn't be allowed to sit here no putting in two hours out yeah. here until <laughs> no but i think uh, more than that uh why do you raise funds yeah. you raise funds for three reasons right one is you actually need money uh second is uh, for strategic and uh, mentorship uh, strategic partnerships yeah. and all of this and third is mentorship basically right. like three reasons why you do that uh first coming to the first point is i think uh uh thankfully i'm backed financially pretty well and uh the good thing is we are a profitable company so do i really need to raise funds I am not sure about that. I don't think so. Yeah. I would I don't plan to. Uh second is in terms of strategic partnerships. Uh I do respect VCs, I do respect angel investors and all of it, but can they probably connect me to an event organizer in Shillong? Yeah. Can they? I don't know about that, but I do know that if I bring in the right hires, they can do that. So strategic partnerships yes they can help us with bigger brands like probably getting sponsorship and all of that but again that's on my role as a ticketing platform that's the role of a event organizer so again I'm safe out there so strategic partnership and probably mentorship uh thankfully I was never from this industry uh so I always started as a clean slate with zero idea about how the hospitality F&B events industry works and i've had some crazy people uh you know mentoring me not mentoring but you know always giving me that input of advice like uh 
I can go on naming people, but I can say the entire Bombay hospitality sector who works with us has always openly mentored us into, uh, okay, Dhruv, what you're doing is probably not right. Look at this in this way. Dhruv, probably go for this city. I think it's popping. Event, event, even, even event organizers, like I know when I came in first, I was what, 24 maybe, 24. Yeah, yeah. So I had 19 year old event organizers telling me this is how this this is what's happening in the city this is what's happening in xyz city this is how the uh, customers want to go about it and all in all everybody has mentored us and i think that is good enough and i'm very happy the relations we have with venues i can reach right now a probably game palacio or even a opa bar and cafe or a mitro or anywhere any place i can go and i can ask the be it the manager the organizers or whoever like the owners out there that okay i need some help with this thing like can you help me out understand how to go about this and they will all be happy to tell me this is anything about any uh, event that's happening any event and uh thankfully that works out well for us so basically the three points that you said about raising money you covered all the three of i missed the fourth one which was what basically was you want to be super cool in the newspaper and probably <laughs> get a good rishta after your 28th yeah <laughs> that, is, that is another scene also right no that's true that's they'll true. google you they'll be like oh, 10 oh million this guy dollars. Got 679 million dollars right Six, that's yeah. what you saw i didn't see that 10 million dollars fund race. but yeah that's scary man like when you uh check out like have you raised money and on google it's showing that you have but it's like now you've spoken about mentorship and all that yeah. how you didn't need mentorship from investors you know but i, d- I wouldn't say that i would say we've you been got thankful men- yeah, to be mentored mentor- by people. other people yeah. i don't say i don't need mentorship i'm just saying that i'm thankful that we've been mentored pretty well okay okay yeah that's a very diplomatic <laughs> no it's not diplomatic <laughs> it's honestly right <laughs> fair fair enough yeah. i would do the same thing if i yeah. was in your place but tell me about like your team how would they like i'm sure even they were learning to the entire process in the last one and a half year so uh, what was it like working for them with them and like how, what were they learning but like you wouldn't have a clue i don't think even they had a lot of clue or was it the other way around i think it's uh, the funny thing is that so i come in as the ceo so we have a cto cfo and then we have people on yeah but the core was always the three of us okay and uh the CFO just happens to be my sister also. Okay. Right? So she's a CA, Shrida. So she's a CA as well. So what better than to give your family the power to handle mon- money. money? So you can blindly trust that person, right? Right. Now, the thing is, as a startup, there, there are a lot of pivots that happen. Uh, we probably started as something, became something else, now we're something else. So the pivots involve a lot of tech changes a lot of accounting policy changes a lot of changes on a lot right, of sides yeah. right? and because like you also said there are very few event ticketing platforms there are a lot of gray areas when it comes to uh, you what? can say event ticketing uh, accounting policies to be followed or like the legal uh, policy yeah legal also there is a little yeah it's, I could say gray but we try to make it as strict as possible so True, that we are safe yeah. and the tech obviously needed to be revamped in that process so all in all I'm this is I am, I just wake up and I'm like, okay, guys, I think we should be doing this now. And they're like, okay, we have so many implications to change. I'm like, tell me in terms of time, how much time would it take you to change? Don't tell me how difficult. Tell me in terms of time. 
like it can be super difficult but you know it at the back of your head that it is super difficult but it's going to take 10 hours yeah but if in 10 hours i know we can pivot to an xyz thing and yet make money out of it more why are we thinking how difficult it is so let's talk in terms of time so always we spoken only in terms of time consumed and not in terms of how difficult or easy is something to be pivoted right so yeah. we taken a lot of uh uh the saying like we do a lot of time value analysis like whether it's actually opportunity cost also opportunity cost fair enough there's a lot of things that we do but we always speak in terms of time not yeah. in terms of money not in terms of anything except time i think that's the mentality that even you've developed and you want your team to develop uh yeah i think so because again like i said this industry is a very low margin industry okay so you know for a fact that you aren't making a lot of money unless you're investing your time pretty well in getting a lot of you know things covered up hmm. so if i'm chasing money but i do know like if i'm chasing money that's like barely any margins out there yeah. but if i chase time and ensure that i'm covering a lot more things is where i know i will eventually end up you know making money out there so i do think that time is of essence while working with us because if i'm in a crazy chemical industry or like in a yes whatever like where i'm 50% margins 75% margins volume don't matter then it is okay let's find let's figure how to sell to crazy people yeah but if i'm in 3 4% guys let's invest our time in to ensure we get the maximum output out of it right that's always worked for you right uh yes i think it's always worked for us and uh even if i go out on a friday saturday night my parents would probably be thinking i'm partying but I'm investing that time to ensure my relations with those organizers or those venues just get stronger. So I saw your LinkedIn post where it said like if you want to get paid to party come to sort my scene. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> technically you do get paid to party, right? Because, yeah. Uh I am very so the good thing with us is that we yes, we are an event ticketing platform as yes, we do this that, but we also do do work in nightclubs and all, right? Yeah. And in different cities in like i think so 25 states or something yeah so last week there was one gig in jaipur like it was a haveli outside jaipur and it was a morning sunrise party and there were 1000 people there now that's a gig i wanted to attend so you know you're getting Anyone paid would to, want to attend, and this right? is something if someone was hired with sort my scene they would get paid to go there and just party because we want to strengthen our relationship with that organizer and there were such crazy gigs happening now like i can go on naming like i i even mean, i don't know what what all is happening but these gigs is which get us like completely into it and when i said get paid to party i meant it like we would tell the person employee that yo you got to go here jaipur you got to attend it you got to go, go party and make sure you are partying with the crazy people out there and uh yeah connect with them network with them because that's what we do coming to the employee perspective what are you looking for honestly we reject like um, i think we get 200 applicants or something 200 every day no no when we put out like within a day we get 200 250 applicants because yeah i think we've pretty much established ourselves somehow yeah, yeah yeah so but the problem is that people look at it as a party organization or an event planning event organizing yeah pla- that's why i asked you first that like we, what is sort my scene you need to explain yes it. so we don't do any of that we want someone who can do both which is be it 10 to 7 10 to 6 whatever work your ass off after 
party your ass up and report at 10 the next morning that's fine but we can't expect someone who's just looking to party 10 to 6 sleep recover from the hangover and then get back to party yeah. that's not what we want we want someone who understands partying and working simultaneously because obviously the strict corporate would have been like okay you just need someone who can do the background paperwork and all but yeah. we want someone who can go beyond the role so they can have ideas about partying probably they were at a party and they just realize oh shit what if sort my scene had this yeah so even if you're doing it accounts you can always break put it, put across that idea and we'll build it and the cd is so cool he does that and we're coming up with something super cool for artists as well and that was just over conversation with a few bombay based djs and they said why don't you do this and you're like oh that's interesting you you want to share the idea uh well i'm <laughs> open to sharing but i'm just thinking right now should i <laughs> sharing it man come on uh, i think uh we are building something for artists to make it easier for independent artists uh to uh you know handle events finance accounts whatever we want to make it easy for artists to handle uh their life and f- so that they can not their life but their gigs and all so that they can focus on the music part but let us handle yeah all the gigs that all that but let us handle all of that not even we aren't helping them get into bookings and all that's mm-hmm. not no, our role no, no. yeah. we want to act as a saas solution for them yeah. and provide them those services which make it easier for them to uh you know reach out to no i think that's a really good idea because bro the indie artists also now look at them these guys are genuinely very talented and i like hearing their music but these guys don't have a platform like spotify and all their music is out there but what after that how do you even find these people nobody knows about you know like a lot of indie artists in india at least so we're not helping we're not we're not building something on the front where you can search artists or something no i know i know like but like sort my artists no no, no, <laughs> no but, but at least whatever you do for them at least gets them some uh, you yeah. know like connection with the people right? yeah yeah for sure like that's a goal and uh, a lot of them don't follow accounting policies they don't follow a lot of things normally right so that is why shrida was like okay you know what i think we can help them a lot more maximize, more out of yeah it. maximize the output yeah. so like if i if you if someone out there um here's the name sort my scene what do you want like them to think about it what's the brand perception that you want to build in people's uh, minds actually sort my scene when you think about a s- person from bombay yeah your first text on friday or saturday is what's the scene tonight yeah uh you go like oh i'm going here x y z oh can you sort it like if you say i'm going to a metro yeah you like oh can you can you sort it or i'm going to a toy room can you sort it and you go like yeah i don't worry i'll sort it so what happens is sort and the scene goes you goes a lot in hand it right out there god no and I that's why that, we yeah. brought in sort my scene wherein we are very much focused on nightlife only nothing beyond night nightlife none of those cooking classes <laughs> those webinars none of that stuff none of the stand up as well uh, let's not i don't <laughs> want to comment about that because that is good revenue out there yeah, i don't want to comment is, there i will leave it very blank i think i can cover stand up so i i funny question of venue in bombay uh they wanted to do stand up and a venue in raipur they wanted to do stand up and i was like no stand up and they were like no but we are a nightlife venue what is out my scene and you nightlife venue focused yeah so if a venue does stand up isn't it night nightlife yeah it is i was like yeah, that's a fair <laughs> thought so we are in a gray area out there so probably 
if it is stand up happening at venues which are deal with nightlife yeah for sure but not at a banquet right yeah so i it's a very gray area we've left it there and i want to keep it there <laughs> like that's not our focus right now our focus is right now music right and stuff always open to getting into that later so the people come to your app they check it out and like they know what venue what are they like offering today you know like not stand up but something like partying or some something other than that you know like a techno gig or bollywood gig whatever it is so once they come on that what are you doing to ensure that they actually book through your platform the end to end user experience that we provide is super easy and super user friendly and it is to ensure that we don't want you to change your mind by showing you ads by showing you other events none of that if you've come on sort my scene the website we want you to book asap we don't want you to think about something else and that is what we try to maximize or optimize our conversions and yeah we work out with our payment gateway partners or our banking partners to offer discounts again to try to reduce it so these few things and sometimes we run discounts ourselves so those are basics that everyone does but more on the user experience part is where we focus to ensure people uh, you know get to the end asap bro like you know your competitors they offer a lot of discounts man it's yeah. not sustainable for any business but and you're competing with that so firstly like respect to you for that but how is it like how are you competing with that because these guys offer so many discounts i'm any consumer would find value for money going there right fair enough but what if you don't have an option except us ha huh. then it's a different <laughs> thing huh? so then, exactly but what if you have options honestly 90% of the events you don't have an option okay so because our rates are exclusive rates watch out guys so our <laughs> exclusive rates for event organizers is the lowest in the industry so no one can reach the rates that we offer so okay. if you are an event organizer our rates are the lowest i don't want to say it out here but our rates are the lowest and we'll price match any ticketing platform and beat that price that gives you a better price than us first second our payment cycle is the fastest and not faster by 1 2 days it is faster by 90% of the time so if someone's taking 10 days we get it done within you can say 2 days 80% or whatever it. within 2 days payment cycle done and on the tech side very openly there are features which are not there on no, any other platform no i love the tech i love it and something for event organizers okay. for very specifically for event organizers we are the cheapest ticketing platform the fastest payment cycle and the best tech out there so the event organizers for them we are offering them crazy stuff so they really then look at us as an exclusive ticketing platform and as a customer you don't have an option but me so do i really need to run discounts you graduated from lvs right london business school and i'm glad you said london business school and not london school of business because people mess that up yeah they do <laughs> yeah my mom didn't know as well <laughs> <laughs> no no thank god i know but yeah. yeah so bro firstly tell me what why is it so hyped is it actually worth the hype or what did you learn there and w- because i know like once you graduated from there you actually started out your own company right so yeah. so then like what actually led to that man so i i don't think it's hyped okay i think you would probably say an lsc is hyped okay okay because everyone knows a lsc yeah london business school i think very specifically specifically a certain audience knows about it even though it's a top 3 yeah. school or something right so it's not hyped and i would say in terms of the academics it's probably like any other right the selling point at london business school is very specifically 
the experience. They are fighting technically for one space because the 19 Chinese they qualify as Asians. Yeah. So we're spot fighting for that one space in that seat, which I don't know how difficult it is. So the last Indian before me was like six years before that. So it was a really long span to get. But when you get to LBS, you're part of the MIM curriculum, which is 200 plus people in right, that thing. Right. Yeah. But again, the good part out there is like there's 50 nationalities. So every fourth or fifth person you're meeting is from a different nationality and everyone is so welcoming that I think you come out of that cocoon or that shell that you have especially in Bombay where you're like I roam with Indians I do this I do that of there you are exposed to different ideologies and different mindsets what LBS does perfectly it strategically places you in the classroom you can't go randomly sit anywhere yeah. you have your spots out there okay. with your name card Oh. So you always so right and left is usually a different nationality. You have you already know pe no one who you know is gonna be besides you. You go to any other B school, you're gonna find your Indian cohort and probably go sit with them. At the end of the one year, you're gonna stick to that. You've probably not learned beyond your culture. There's no groupism if e I can frame it exactly. In a way. There's no global exposure out there, right? But with this, you're bound to ask this Swiss guy besides you for that pen. Or copy from that Greek guy besides you, like yeah. you know, you gotta do all of that. So stuff. there's like a plethora of perspectives that you get. Exactly, and then they bring in study groups. So in a study group, there is like there are like five or six people. It's been a time since I went there. Six people, out of which one is Indian, one is Chinese. The rest four are from different nationalities, not Indians and Chinese, and uh, all are from different backgrounds usually. And out of the six people, three guys, three girls. So it is so nicely and diversely put out there that even if you don't want to be exposed to a global mindset, you're just compelled to be exposed to it. And I think that's what makes you think differently once you're done with that course. And to, it's not that they give you the study group and be like, okay, now you gotta yeah. work with them. There is an event after that, like once you get your study group, where there's a day out where you're camping together, you're doing tasks together, so that you know there's a lot of team bonding and all, you're competitive with other teams. At the end of it, after that one day course, after that one day day out, dude, we're like buddies, we're probably going for beers together, we're catching up after that. And you just make friends so naturally, which would have been so difficult at any other university, going up to an Italian guy and being like, hey, and they'd be like, hey, and then what do you do? You know, one more thing is fascinating to me, uh, the way you described it, I also think most people go there with the objective of finding a job after graduating. You did something completely else, man. Like you're the first person I know that came back and then you started your own thing, which is like short up right now. Um, so dude, like, do they like teach you all of that over there? Or like, why do most people go with that job mindset that I have to or find, you know, I have to find a job after this. So I think uh, uh, the Dean, uh, on his first day, what he said was, welcome to LBS, you can do only three things out here, two out of the three things, which is either you get a crazy job, do perfect academics, or socialize. Create a crazy network, three things. Just to choose two out of the three wisely. I chose academics and network. I was not focusing on job because of two reasons. One is I had another year after LBS, which was at Fudan, so I had to go there, so it wouldn't make yeah. sense to find a job there. And secondly, thankfully, I had a family, family business, business backing me up, right. and my dad had told me, 
why you doing why you plan to do a job there when it is the time of india hmm. come back expand the business or start something of your own so i think india as a market always convinced me that i have to be here and build something you build anything in any other country even if it's a uk or like germany you got to expand beyond boundaries because they don't have enough of population so you have to go from uk to probably spain or germany or expand your business everywhere else. india is so big this is your entire customer base like market hmm. one policy out here throughout it's not like different states have different policies one policy almost out here yeah. is a bad call but one policy throughout the country it's so easy to start here like not in terms of paperwork but once you get started it's so easy for you to penetrate different different states you're capturing this country which is like one in four or five people is indian right so i starting things abroad i think is a lot more difficult because you got to think beyond that particular yeah. country plus i think expenses living everything, everything comes into picture and when it comes to job coming back to your question i think it's a different perspective some people go with the mindset that they will land that perfect job scale up the ladder and be part of the crazy corporate yeah. structure but and some people go with the perspective of getting an roi back if i've invested uh, 100000 pounds most people go with that i want to recover that as well and yeah so there are multiple things that come in and i think landing a job is a lot based on i, I want to skill. know i want to know your opinion man on that like what's your opinion of what a person should do when they are going abroad i think go beyond yourself to learn more about different cultures and different mindsets because at the end of it that is how you become a global citizen right now india is culturally diverse yeah. but at the end of it we are not nationally diverse when you're working in bombay or you're working in delhi in mumbai or bomb anywhere you're working you're not nationally diverse which brings in a different national mindset but when you're abroad especially in uk i wouldn't say much about the us but if you're in the uk london being almost as the capital of the world when it comes to diversity nationality and all of this you meet different people in cafes different people at bars and everyone's open to conversation and you learn so much in that process that i think it just gives you different ideas a at work like if you get a job there to work differently to understand what they're thinking or else what we think is okay probably he's not doing this because he's lazy or something yeah. but there is a different mindset why a certain nationality or culture would not be doing something yeah. in a the particular way yeah psychology is much different and but like i'm curious enough to like understand about that like why is a person behaving the way he or she is no that's the thing that i wanted to get out that like is it like absolutely necessary for people to go to some place to then start something of their own or get a job and it's like a gray area like it's he said she or uh, she said thing but i think at the end of the day there's no right answer to this you know yeah i it is that when you're abroad you come out of that shell yeah and you see different startups out there and we are just as india we are like 5 years behind yeah i would say four, in a lot five, of ways years, yeah no no we are so we yeah. um i would say flipkart is a duplicate of amazon ola is a duplicate of uber but all of these guys came from there here like yeah. uh, even your zepto is a duplicate of gorillas yeah so i was on call with shadan who's my yeah. german best friend and she told me about gorillas out there but she's like hey dhruv this was during lockdown she's like hey dhruv there's this cool startup in germany it's called gorillas see i'll order a chocolate right now and it's it'll come to me in 7 minutes i was like what bullshit and on call and she we are talking we are having a nice face time call which is kind of she's like hey it's here already 
I was like, dude, this is crazy. And then and come here, like, and Zepto get, comes like after <laughs> a few, few, like a year or so. Zepto yeah. is here. I'm like, oh, I told the Shadan about it. Like, dude, this you know, guy. The, the, there's a crazy story about Zepto as well. Like, they basically got a lot of investors on board, and they are like parents are big shots. You know, the, there are like two guys, now, know, 19 year olds. So these guys basically raised a lot of funds from Dubai. That kind of rose their valuations up and up and up. And that's how they became the they got the unicorn ka tag, and now it's when you see the company it's like in shambles mostly. Right? I now. won't comment on you that. You won't comment. That I know. I know. It just, <laughs> it just came to my head, so I'm like you know like yeah, want to no, share that. No, it just that when I was discussing with Shadan when this came through, yeah, we were discussing about the sustainability, and she's this super smart girl, like one of the smartest girls I've met in my life. Yeah. We discussed in and out about the PNL possibilities. What are the uh, revenue streams? The costs attached. Whatever numbers we worked down, I was like, dude, how is this sustainable? I was always stuck on the fact, like, so credit to the Septo guys if they've made it sustainable. But Shaul and me, we were, we were always stuck that we don't see this. Yeah, they'll scale, they'll do whatever, no, and selling out. Look but at, we don't see it sustainable. Look at Blinkit. <laughs> I'm silent. I'm just <laughs> saying that we didn't find it sustainable out there. Yeah, if you want to like, if someone's building a company out there and he's relatively young, you know, like a person my age or something. What do you think they should start out with? The three things that you think are like important for him or her to start out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's imp- important that the person first creates a minimal viable pro- product, basically puts out a product out there, tries it, tests it, sees a basic customer experience with it. Like, for example, you have a I don't know, like for example, you're selling a cool. Uh, I think streetwear is in fashion right yeah, now. Let's yeah, take streetwear for example. For example, you're setting up your own streetwear brand. I don't think you need to go create a create an inventory of like thousand t-shirts and another thousand pants, knowing that you'll sell out everything. Nah, I don't see you need to do that. What I think is you just need a basic Shopify website or whatever. Nothing crazy. Basic Shopify website, some good Instagram, so performance marketing and all. Get your inventory on a two-order basis. Cut down all capital expenditure that you think would be stuck out there in case you failed. Create that minimal viable two two pieces, three pieces. Give it out to your friends. See what the response is. Come back, revamp, change. So I think the minimal viable product without going all out is a very safe way to go about it. And I think that is what I would always suggest. I know so That's many people who are building like 200 t-shirts in their in- inventory. And I'm like, are you sure it's going to sell out? Yeah, exactly. Like build 10. I think that's what Jaywalking also did. They didn't like get a hundred other t-shirts out there and just started selling it off. Yeah. They got 10 that were like very, very good. And they, and that kind of like sold out. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's, that's what yeah. you do. You like you maintain minimum min- inventory out there. Yeah. Uh, second is I think network, 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 network. Okay. Wherever you reach in life, your network is your net worth right and the network that you create will help you go from zero to one one to hundred also i'm not saying this you just rely on your network it's like compounding yeah it compounds like i was never in this industry i was never in hospitality never in ticketing i've done it took me nine months to land my first client but when we went there gave the perfect pitch those guys made us read, meet meet another group of people. Then they made made us meet another event organizer. So that is how, you know, you kind of we like, are you know. where we are is because of our network right. that we've created. Right. And I think that is what I would say founders to be very network, network, network oriented. Okay. 
and lastly i would say is uh customer is god there is take feedback go back take feedback from the customer like i think the customer needs to be understood and then be given logical explanation always yeah. you can't treat them trash nor can you keep them at a very good pedestal where you they burn you out completely like i know so many people who've gone on these insta food delivery startups and raise false uh, <laughs> claims about spoiled food order and all of that and drained a lot of cash yeah so i would say that drains you out a lot but i would say you got to just understand from customer's perspective and take honest feedback genuine feedback and from again coming back to sort my scene the organizer side of platform that we built every feature we've incorporated has been contributed by a specific organizer where he's like hey why don't you get this on the platform for us this will make my life easy we went back we added that whatever has been suggested we add that back so i think uh, that bro that's like a really good answer like let me tell you that because a lot of people don't think about networking that much even if they do they don't know how to do it um and the third thing the criticism part not a lot of people can hear that and that's just a life fact i think everyone has been at a place where they've gotten criticized but they couldn't like deal like deal with it in a fruitful way if i can just put it no this was like a really fun conversation i had with you bro uh, i had to i learned a lot today um thank you for being a part of the show happy to have you here and until next time man yeah, but like share subscribe guys <laughs> <laughs> i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did Listen and follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Binge Pods or anywhere you love listening to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review the show if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify 